bread aisle? Are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread. This is bread amplified. Now, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to uh, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Uh, joining me on the phone from Michael Grant and the Assassins. Well, it is Michael Grant. Of course, the new album is called Always the Villain. Comes out July 10th. Michael, of course, was in and ever after uh, having toured with a poison and then he spent a few years with LA guns but but here's the good but uh, we've got Alan Niven on the phone because fans have been demanding it isn't that exciting Alan people are demanding that you come on my show uh, they must be bored no they're just they're loving you in fact uh, we might have to uh, rename it uh, rock talk with Mitch LaFon and Alan Niven but but uh, oh god, that's too much of a mouthful. You can take responsibility. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford the, uh, the the new artwork, but anyway. So Michael Grant. Okay, so uh, this band and and ever after that came out in two thousand seven. You may or may not be familiar with them, but I'm telling you, if you haven't heard their album from that time, you got to go back because it is a real honest slice of rock and roll heavy rock and roll and it's just it's great it is a great album and then record company just went and you know that's that was a thing Uh, at the time though the label kept putting them on tour with heritage acts the poisons the cinderellas and other bands like that had you been their manager at the time would you have said hey michael we need to get your band on tour and we're going to set you up with all these classic rocks? Or would you have said, no, 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 you got to stay away from that. We got to get you onto new... How would you have approached it? I think in this day and age, um, I think you would do what you'd do back in the past, which is get on a bill that you know is going to put asses in seats. And if uh, somebody's going to be kind enough to give you a support situation... And you know that there are going to be, uh, you know, people in front of you. Then you go and play for them. That's how you get your audience. That's um, it. You don't. You don't know, worry about. Oh, I'm being associated with a dinosaur act, or I'm being. You don't. That. No. That's, no. 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 Okay. You know. I mean. God forgive me. Um, Great White toured with Kiss, which was not the best of ideas. Um, hey, 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 hey! Guns and Roses. Hey, hey. Guns and Roses went out with Iron Maiden, which didn't work out too well. Um, but those are decisions that were made in the moment because there had to be a continuum of momentum of support of a record. And those are the best situations. And your attitude's really simple. It's like, if these guys are going to bring bring a bunch of people into a building, then we're going to play for them. And that's, and that's what you do. You go out there and you play and you win an audience over. Okay, so even, and even if, if you're great white and if you're great white opening for Kiss, you can show up the headliner. If you're Guns N' Roses opening up for Iron Maiden, then you can suggest that something alternative to wearing, you know, hats or horns on. <laughs> right, right, and 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 I guess ultimately the uh, no matter where you open, you need to go out there and let the people go. Ooh, I want more of that. And and listen, I've I've had bands where I've gone to see it. When I saw Tesla opening up for Def Leppard all those years ago, I had no idea who they were. And I bought Mechanical Resonance immediately. Uh, when I saw the Black Crows opening up for, uh, I'm trying to think, it must have been Aerosmith. I was like, woo, who are these guys? And even Guns, when they opened up on the Permanent Vacation Tour, I was like, oh, 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 oh. 
Okay, now we've got mm-hmm. something. Anyway, um, Michael Grant. No, you go play. You go play. Right, and it does. So yes, okay. So you don't you don't think about while we're being associated with this and that brand. We just got to go do it. All right. So Michael Grant was. Oh, listen, Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees. What more do we need to say? (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's actually kind of funny. (laughs) You think about it. (laughs) Of course, it was funny. That's funny, and it had an effect. Well, it it did. That that that's kind of funny, actually. Uh, by the way, were, were the Monkees a an actual real band that sang? Because I've always understood that they were just mimicking. They they were the original Milli Vanilli. No, actually, they were um, competent musicians. Peter Talk was a, a good musician. Um, God help me, remind me of who the uh, the guitar player was. Uh, Davy. Davy Jones. No, no, no. He was a singer. Um, oh. And 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 of course, he was the singer that supplied Axel with his moves. Um, I'm trying to remember what the uh, other guitar player's name was, but he was a competent musician who put out a couple of solid solo records. And Mickey Dolenz could actually, you know, drum a bit. He was a sort of, you know, Ringo-esque, but he he, he could drum a bit. No, they, they could play. Monkeys could actually play. All right, so we'll, um, we'll leave it at that. Well, let me move on to Michael here. To, and of course, of- you know, they, 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 they worked off Neil Diamond songs, but, you know, there you go. The monkeys. How did we devolve into monkey <laughs> monkeys talk? But all right, Michael. By way of Jimi Hendrix and by way Kiss. Of, and Kiss. <laughs> See, everything leads back to Kiss. All the great stuff leads back to Kiss. But Michael Grant has always has also been asked, and he talks about it in, in the uh, interview, to after he left L.A. Guns to come and join Rat as their lead guitarist. And one of the guys there now is Jordan, who is. Was he one of your protégés, Jordan? Because he was in a band called Razor that you were involved with. Talk to me about Jordan, Rat, Razor, that whole thing. Well, Ziffy is... Uh, he, he, I really like his guitar playing. He, he's, he's young, or he was when we were working together. Um, but what I really liked about Ziffy was that uh, um, he had a strong sense of the melodic to go with his feel. Um, you know, a lot of young players are all flash in the pan. How many notes can I play in three seconds? Who gives, gives a damn? But Ziff has got feel and he's got articulation. And uh, he, he played some really good stuff on, on a record that we did together that was uh, just called Razor, um, which is really impossible to find. Um, but if you look it up, I think you'll see that, you know, there was some good things said about it when it came out. There was some great playing. And and just before we get to Michael, he says during the interview that he didn't want to join Rat because he's sort of tired, and I'm going to put in my own words, of, you know, building the house for other bands and then never getting to move in. Uh, Those are my words, but the same, that's his feeling. Do you think he should have done Rat and just take the paycheck and still try to work on his music on the side? Or is he making the right decision and saying, no, I'm going to go be Michael Grant. I'm going to focus on being Michael Grant. I'm going to make Michael Grant music come hell or high water. What, what do you say? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even make an opinion uh, on that unless I had the opportunity and the privilege of sitting down and hearing what his own material was. Um, it, it's strong. Material, it's real strong. If, it's, if, it, yeah. if his, if his material is really strong, I'd say, row your own boat, make it work, row your own boat. Um, if, it, if his material is not so strong, I'd say maybe spend a little time 
you know, doing an apprenticeship in RAT and uh, get your material up to a, a good level and then row your own boat. But if, but if he's good, if he's a good writer, strike out on his own. Uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, patting his back just to pat his back, but, but the album, which I've had a chance to hear, is fantastic. The first single called uh, Red Light Run, I will send you the YouTube link later. It is a great awesome. song. The End Ever After stuff from tw- 2007 is just a solid, solid... No, no, he, he is the lead guitarist, he is the singer... He is the writer, and in fact, on this album, believe it or not, he is the everything. He is the drummer on the album. He is the bass player on the album. He's the rhythm guitarist on the album. He did this all by himself. And uh, listen, I have. You might say, "Well, he's a Kiss fan. He doesn't have discerning taste." But I know talent, and this is a good album. So row, 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 row your boat is what uh, I think you're saying, and I agree with. Go, uh, go row your I'm boat. Saying. Yeah, and, and and it applies to me too in the in the rock world. Just Row your boat. Stop, uh, stop, stop giving all your content to other people. Anyway, on that, here is Le Seul Unique. And by the way, thank you, Alan. Here is Le Seul Unique, the one and only Michael Grant. We are speaking with uh, frontman guitarist Michael Grant. Of course, the new band is Michael Grant and the Assassins. Always the villain is the album. It comes out in July. Uh, bonjour, Michael. It's been a while since we've last How's spoken. How's it going, buddy? Good. Good. It's actually going very good. We, I believe, the last time we we spoke was at an LA gun show, going back to I guess 2017, 18, maybe in Ottawa. Yeah, in Ottawa. And by the way, I have to say, you did that sort of Prince Purple Rain moment in the show, which was absolutely the highlight. I mean, you know, they, you know, the songs are great. Thank and, you and, very and much. The, but that moment was was it was just really well done. So good for you, uh, you know. Thank you very much, man. Uh, well, let me I ask, really appreciate that. Let me just ask you about that. Obviously, at the time, Prince had passed away, and of course, that was why bands were doing the tributes. But was that something that you've always wanted to do? Like, have you always been a Prince fan and wanted to maybe cover him once in a while, or was it like, oh, let's just work something up for the show? Are you a fan? <clears throat> I'm a huge. Prince fan is one of my biggest influences. Purple Rain is uh, one of the records that sort of changed my my life and uh, and kind of got me on the track of where I wanted to go with my life, you know. And um, that cover happened. Obviously, his death happened, and it devastated the world. And uh, I wanted to do something to pay tribute to him. And uh, the guys in LA Guns wanted to take breaks. <laughs> so um i think that it was like a you know it was it was a it was a, a, a dual intended purpose because they were just like well you know we want to step off the stage and change outfits and do stuff so they were kind of like kind of pushing it on me to do a, a song and uh, they said why don't you do an endeavor after song i said because this is la guns like i don't want to do that and um they said, well, why don't you, why don't you just play like a cover? So, um, I, I, it was meant to be like one, one night and the night that I did it, I don't even remember where the response was so, uh, so intense that people kept screaming it at shows. And then eventually it became a permanent staple of the show while I was in the band. And to be honest, I was very reluctant to do it from the start. And throughout, because I just knew 
it was going to make some shit happen. Hey, listen, better than a drum solo. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, bro. That is all I'm going to say. Better than a drum solo. All right, so so we've mentioned End Ever After. We've mentioned L.A. Guns. We should, of course, mention the Poison Tour, but we will get to that after. We are here for the new stuff, so let's do new stuff first. Uh, so Always the Villain comes out July 10th. It is a very strange time to be releasing stuff, but... But I will I will suggest this to the to the jury. I'm gonna throw this out to the rock and roll okay. jury. Uh, fans are at home; they have time to listen. Fans are at home and they are getting bored, and they've probably played the Led Zeppelin album too many times or the Poison album, and they're probably thirsty for new music. And also, if all artists start holding on stuff and then release it in 2021, you're gonna have what you know. 400 releases in January? That's not going to work either. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to work. You're going to get lost in the shuffle. So so just talk to me about it, because obviously once it's released, you want a tour. That is probably not going to happen right now. So so how do you release it and get fans excited and get fans into it? And talk to me about that first, and then we'll talk about the music. I think all of it is a is an adjustment period to the new normal, you know? And... um I honestly don't, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how it's going to work. And, you know, there's a part of me that's pretty worried about uh, the state of the world and, and, and people's priorities right now may not be new music, but at the same time, I think like you, where people are thirsting for new music, I mean, I'm thirsting for new music. Uh, it does hurt a lot that, um, that I, I may not be able to support the album with touring. I mean, that, life the lifeline and the bread and butter of of any band of any artist so that part i'm definitely concerned about and uh yeah i i kind of have no fucking clue <laughs> what's gonna be right. going on for this you know <laughs> yeah and, and, and you know what the thing is is when this started back in march people said well let's get on to facebook and zoom and do these things and at first, it was great, but I think we're getting to the point where people are going, all right, all right, enough with the fucking Zoom videos. Could you? So, I'm fucking sick of it, bro. Right. I mean, every time, every time you scroll <laughs> through Facebook. Yeah, that's the thing. So, so it's going to be a tough one, but at least you've got the videos. It could be that maybe this time, instead of making one video or two videos, you might have to do all 10 songs and say, hey, look, every week or every month, 11 songs. Every month, there's a new visual thing for. Fa- I, I don't know. It's it's going right. to be weird. It's and it, and honestly, it'll have to be a lot of like lyric videos and things like that because I mean, or animated to, to even get a to even yeah or animated because to get a film crew and a shoot together that breaks all the fucking rules right there. You know what I mean? Like unless we're doing oh, yeah. a six foot away, you know, masked sort of uh, uh, shoot to mock the COVID times we're all going through right now. But uh, besides that, like you can't even set up a shoe. It's like fucking illegal. No, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be musical manga or manja or whatever they call those stupid things. Those yeah, cards. yeah, and it's gonna be, you know, and I did, and I do, I also do, I plan on um, maybe doing one of those live Zoom type videos to to support the record, so people you know have a little something. But at the same time, man, I do. Uh, long for it to get back to normal where we can have a video shoot and, and shoot a video and we can have a new video for you guys. Um, but right now everything is kind of tricky, man. Everything, everything, trying to book a shoot, trying to book a photo shoot, video shoot, uh, trying to get a crew together to make things happen. It's all tricky. 
Even trying to get a, a stylist to do your hair is tricky. But I'll say this. Yeah, hair and makeup is gone, bro. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll say this, though. There's a band in Switzerland called Gothard. They've been around since 89, 90. And they released a new album in March called 13. And what they did is they went to YouTube and they filmed themselves performing the entire album in their uh, rehearsal space. And they threw that up and... I think the last time I checked, it's like at 100,000 views. So that might be something oh, to consider. Shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the link after. It, it, it's incredible. And and I love watching it because so they did it Zoom. They did it Zoom style. No, and, and, they uh, they did it uh, six foot distancing style wow. where the cameraman and everybody is far back and the drummer is far back and the bass player and the lead singers in the center. And they were in the same room, but they distanced themselves and they did a live shoot. I think it was like three cameras or something. It looks great. It sounds great. And you see the entire album performed live. And I have to say, I've watched it, I think, four times already because I just find it very, very intriguing. And they they just left. And, and that's that's their, that's their the new album. And it's just like, okay, well. That's pretty rad. I'll, I got to check that out. I'll send you the link because that might, it actually. That might give me some ideas, man. It, yeah, because uh, I'm telling you, I loved it. And I put it on my Twitter and stuff. And then fans who had never heard of the band said, dude, this is fucking cool. So, you know, it's a way to do it. All right, so let's talk about the music. Uh, End Ever After is uh, the, Kiss, the Kiss or Kill Me album. or No, Kiss or Kill album. Okay. I don't know why I keep saying me. Kill. I don't know why I keep saying me in there. Anyway, uh, that is a great, great old school rock and roll record with a new energy to it and that, you know, whatever came out in 2009 or whatever. Uh, Michael Grant and the Assassins, what are we looking at? Yeah. Is it, yeah. Can you oh, hear me? So I lost you for a second. Yeah. Oh, well, that's terrible. <laughs> let's try that I again lost then. You for like 10 seconds. Oh, well, let's try that again. So so the uh in case uh, you missed it, the uh, kiss and um kiss or kill. I don't know why you wanted to say me. Anyway, uh 2007, uh you did of course the missing piece with LA Guns. Fans coming into this cuz it is not July yet. The album's not out yet. Are we looking at breaking new ground? Are you inventing an entirely new project? Is this where End Ever After would be had you stayed together till 2020? Is this what LA Guns doing but now you're singing? Musically, what can fans expect if they don't know what this is? I think uh, musically, if they're expecting it to be close to LA Guns, they're going to be sorely disappointed because it's nothing like LA Guns. And... uh, it's much more like Endeavor After would have been. Maybe the natural evolution of Endeavor After would have been had we stayed together and had things gone our way. Um, <clears throat> but ultimately, it's uh, it's where I am right now. You know, in my life and my experiences, and uh, yeah, it has. It, it sounds different than both LA Guns and Endeavor After, but um, there are some tracks that tie that tie uh, those audiences in, you know, to kind of like, uh, like here, here it is, but uh, here's a couple of other tracks that are nothing like those, but there's definitely some bridge tracks. So I like to call them like, you know, the track that a band does to, to please their older fans and ease them into the transition of where they're truly going. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and and that's what I like. Now, are these songs on the new album? And I'll keep repeating the uh, the title here. Always the villain. 
Are these new songs that you wrote in the last six months, nine months, a year, or are these some of the things that you had left over for that second End Ever After album that never came out, or ideas that LA Guns didn't want to use? Where was the creative space on this? Is this sort of like, let's empty out the closet, or was this creating new, new, new stuff? Um, about a third of it, or maybe like two songs, were from uh, the Endeavor After session. Uh, the second Endeavor After album that never came out. Two of those songs on this record are from that. The rest, uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, the rest are all written in the last two years. <clears throat> see, great. Now, uh, by the way, if you, if you check your text, I just sent you that link for the Gothard thing, and it is currently after a month, at 96,000 views. So... Holy sheesh. Yeah, it might be Let's something worth considering. Anyway, um, all right, let's, let's go back to... Let's go back in the history, and then we'll get back to the album. But, of course, uh, Kiss right. or Kill came out in 2007. Um, talk to me about that project, because here you are, this new band, and the first thing the record company does, or management does, is they put you on... A Poison Tour, which is the classic rock, the heritage rock. Um, it was a great bill. You f musically, it fit in great, but image-wise, was that the, the right decision to say, hey, we've got a new band, whoop, we're throwing them on the Heritage Act Tour? Was that a, a smart move or, or a bad move? Uh, in my opinion, it, it, was, uh, it was the right move for the time. What would have been nice is if after that tour, we would have transitioned to uh, more current bands because after that we, although we got a few current uh, current band type tours like Shine Down, Airborne, you know Alter Bridge and stuff like that, um, it would have been nice to ride that wave because after that we we would get consistently like you know nostalgia type tours or you know touring with nostalgia type bands. Um, I think if we would have gotten a, a, a new younger audience, that things could have gone a different way. But it's kind of hard, man. You don't get to choose that shit all the time. You don't, and sometimes you just got to take the tour that's going out there. And it's exactly it's, you know. Uh, but all right, let, let's talk about that that Poison tour for a second, because the first time that we ever met was basically we we bumped into each other at catering at a Poison show in in Toronto. Um, what did you learn from that tour? Because like them or lump them, Poison have had a great successful business for 30-some years. They always deliver. They always do the arenas. They always have the fans there. What did you learn being in that environment and looking around going, okay, this is how we have to operate business-wise? Right. That tour definitely taught me a lot. And actually, different members of uh, Poison and Cinderella, who I became very close with, would teach me things on the side, kind of like a mentorship or something like that. Like, um, uh, you know, Brett Michaels and, and, and Cece, and, you know, uh, Bobby Doll, and they all kind of at different times would teach me stuff. Like, uh, I remember uh, Cece Deville gave me a piece of advice. He was like. He's like, you know, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm, this is my attempt at a CC the whole voice. Hey, hey, you know, you, you, if there's anything I wish that I would have done, it's, you know, I want, I, I want to, I really want to be there in those moments because 
He was like, half of the half of the shit that's happened in my life and the shit that people praise me for, I don't even fucking remember. Like, if someone will show me a photo, I have no fucking recollection of that moment in my mind. It, it's nowhere in the database. If I didn't have that picture, I wouldn't be able to tell. You know, so just just make sure you're here for, the, for these moments. Be here, you know, don't be all fucked up the whole time. And, you know, don't do like me, because I, I literally, I can't remember. And that stuck with me. I was like, okay. Maybe I won't get blitzed out and super fucked up because, <laughs> uh, you know, he was really sad that he didn't remember huge, gigantic moments in his life. You that's, know? And, um, that's something. Yeah, man. That, that piece of advice stuck with me for forever. So and uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to I was going to keep going here on on, on the end ever after album, because uh, like I said, before this interview, I listened to it again. And it's remarkable to me how it sounded as relevant and fresh in 2020, May of 2020, than it did in 2007. Like, I didn't listen to it and go, ooh, that's so 2007. You know, know, I I didn't do that. I was like, fuck. And and I'm like, man. So what do you do with that album? Because it's obviously not available. Do do you try to get the rights back and get some company to re-release it? Do you... Do you re-record? Like, what do you do with those songs? Do you just let them die? Because that doesn't seem right. You know, I haven't really thought a bit about it because I think so much sour shit has happened with Endeavor after that. You know, with Michael Grant and the Assassins, I'm I'm just trying to move forward and, and uh, pave a new chapter in my life and, 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 and something else I can rely on. Because, you know, we were de- dealing with major labels and all kinds of upper management and... It, it, you know, in the end, it's like, it feels like, yeah, where, where is all this going? So you know, we're now with Assassin, I'm trying to create something a little more stable now, you know? It's hard to know what to do with that shit, man, because, you know, you I have to be uh, in court to try to get shit, you know? Oh, God. All right, well, I have a suggestion. Um, like this band in Gothard, you uh, do the whole album in front of a camera right now. Um, <laughs> and then you put that on YouTube. Uh, okay, but okay. So, always the villains comes out uh, in July. We've got Red Light Run, which is a great uh, lead-off single. What is sort of the plan for this? Do you see yourself like five, six, seven years down the road being Michael Grant in the Assassins, or is this just the next project? And if something else comes along, you know that's it. Or if another band, call, you know, Warrant calls and say, "Hey, we need a guitarist," do, do you go join some other bands, or are you saying, "No, no, no"? This is it. This is my future. This is my, I've got a five year plan and I'm sticking to it. Well, uh, the bands have been calling for years now, uh, for me to play guitar for them. And I've turned down pretty much, pretty much everybody. Um, the latest being rat. And, uh, you know, they asked me to take the lead guitar spot and, or audition for it. And I, they're kind of courting me a little bit for weeks. And I kept telling them that I was in the middle of recording Michael Grant and the Assassins and that if they had, you know, uh, another, uh, another guitar player, or whatever that fits the band bell, that, that, that guitar player would probably be a lot better because I'm just too busy. And, um, I, you know, I just had to turn it down because at some point you got to bet on yourself. You know, I gave a, a huge chunk of my time to LA Gun, for like, and in the end got like nothing. So after that, that was a huge learning experience for me. And I just, 
I just, even though, even if I was struggling or where I was at the time, I had to convince myself like, Hey, bet on your fucking self. Like stop making other people sound good and just fucking go for it. You know? Oh, and that's what I'm doing now, man. Uh, I, I appreciate that fully. Listen, I, as a reporter, I gave my my work to this magazine and that magazine and this website, and now it, it, I'm all solo. I, I, I'm going to just do it for Mitch, and if it fails, then it'll fail, and if it's successful, it'll be successful. Yeah, yeah I'm exactly. Uh, I, I'm the same. You know, I've seen I've seen these other entities get built up by content that was created by me and other writers, and then you, you're like, well, well, I got I've got nothing. <laughs> you know, no, I want to buy the yeah. house. I don't want to rent that. I don't want to rent a room. I want to buy the house. All right. So I'm uh, totally with you on that, bro. Yeah. It's, so it's, you feel me. <laughs> I, totally. And, and listen from the song or the songs I've heard on always the villain, you've made the right choice. The, the only problem is not musically. Have you made the right choice is how do you get an audience to discover it and support you? And, and that's the major right. puzzle. Cause, and we've talked about it just before, Touring is the way you do it. You can't do that right now. So we, we've got to come up with a plan, you know, B and C. Maybe the plan right now is do this album and have the next one ready for six months down the road so that when you do go on the road, you can do a 15-song set with 15 of your songs rather than, you know, 11 of your songs and five covers or whatever. Right, um, right. Yeah, I don't know. And the catalog is there. You got, like... 24 songs to draw from plus five covers shit you could play two and a half hours man at that point well i mean listen that that's not the normal way we do things but this is not a normal year so that might just be a plan b i mean it just it might be something to consider um you know uh, i mean one thing's for sure we're we're releasing three acoustic videos that i recorded live um and you know we're going to slowly release them uh, in the next coming weeks. I think uh, the Red Light Run acoustic video is going to be out like in a week. And then um, and then two more after that. That's about all we have uh, planned for now. But we're, we're getting ready for the new normal. And we're probably going to do uh, one of those live Zoom videos uh, either for like, you know, probably for Red Light Run too, since that's a song of ours that people will know right now. And then do another one, depending on how well that does. I mean, we're all adjusting to fucking the lack of normalcy here. Yeah, we are. By <laughs> the way. It sucks. It really sucks. I just got to say, had you joined Rat, that would have been fantastic because uh, Steven's voice is very particular, but their backing vocals are also very particular. And to have you on their back, it would have been, it would have been fantastic. Ah. Uh, do you want to talk about L.A. Guns at all, or yes or no? Because the story is uh, you quit because you wanted to be a solo artist, but no, I got fired, and I don't know why. Or do we just say, eh, forget it, it's old history, let's move on? Uh, that's old history, let's move on. All right, so let, let us move on. Um, the second album from uh, End Ever After, which was supposed to be called From the Ashes of Sin, never came out. What has happened right. to those songs, and are they tied up in this legal mumbo-jumbo that Razor and Ty Epic Records own them, and they're not giving it to you because they're being, you know, ASSs, or Fortunately, this, fortunately, they have no rights over those songs. So, yes. the opening track for the album is a song called Barrel of a Gun, and that was 100%. I mean, that's where I think fans 
as soon as fans play always the villain, they're going to be like, yes, because the first song sounds like classic Endeavor After. And then it kind of moves to different, uh, to different shapes and textures after that. But as soon as people play the record, if you were an Endeavor After fan, you're going to be fucking stoked. <laughs> All right. That's what I like to hear. Um, and, and what else? Uh, so real quick, we, we talked about the writing process. Um, what else do we need to cover? I guess maybe this will we'll just keep it out of a short interview in the sense that we're just introducing the band. And then when it gets popping, we'll maybe we'll do a second one. How about that? I'm down for that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to do that, dude. Yeah, let's do that. That way we don't put another seven years between uh, times we talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. But okay, so let's let's <laughs> let's leave it at that. Let's let's just say, all right, always the villain comes out on Frontier Mu- Frontiers Music on uh, July 10th. It's Michael Grant and the Assassins. First track yes, is Run Light Run, uh, Red Light Run. It is uh, fantastic. If you don't get enough Thank of that, so go much. back to YouTube and listen to the End Ever After stuff. And uh, voila, Michael, uh, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup, my good sir. Yes, yes. Have a great one, bro. Great talking, man. You too. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.